Bagger's on a mission And the stakes are getting higher Other teams in the majors Don't have a prayer against the Friars Greetings and welcome to the East Village Times Podcast. I'm your host, James Clark, and with me today is Mr. Dominic Stern. What is going on, Dominic? Welcome to the East Village Times Podcast. Yes, thank you for having me on, James. It's awesome to be your new co-host on the revitalization of the East Village Times Podcast. I listened to it growing up as a Padre fan, and when I first joined the team at East Village Times, it's cool now to be the co-host. Uh, I'm studying sports journalism here at Arizona State, so this is definitely something I want to do going forward, and this is a good step forward for me. And I'm always glad to talk Padres baseball. It's been such an awesome season watching Slam Diego just win. Yeah, we, we, we decided to bring back the show. There was a lot of demand. Uh, I got a lot of guests that uh, we need to talk to. Uh, so we, uh, we have our first guest uh, that we're going to bring on in a little bit. Uh, Danny Vietti out of uh, CBS Sports MLB uh, came his claim to fame is the the diaper incident at the Capitol after the Hosmer slam. Uh, I think it'll be an interesting conversation with Danny. We'll get to pick his brain a little bit. Um, Dominic, this this team is just so exciting. It's 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 awesome to to get the recognition from the national media that this team deserved for so long. Well, actually they haven't deserved, but the the, the fact that they're getting this recognition now is, is just wonderful. Uh, we're both native San Diegans. This has been a long time coming, a lot longer for me because I'm, I'm twice your age, but uh, still a long time coming. Just give me your immediate thoughts when you, when you think about San Diego Padres. What, what, what pops into your head right now? I think of fun. I think of swagger and I think of Brown. And for me to see this team winning, the last really remembrance I have of this team winning, I don't really remember much from the 2010 season. I was nine years old. The one thing I really do remember watching the Padres win was going to a playoff game in 2006. I was five years old. I remember being pulled out from school. I remember sitting up in the third level over on the first base side. And I remember nothing from that game because I was five years old. But I do remember being there. Wish we could all be there celebrating this team in the stands this year, especially at beautiful Petco Park. And it just wasn't meant to be. It's, it's very Padres to be winning in this type of season and be winning in such dominant fashion in which it's only a 60-game season, which some people don't even think it really even matters. And the fact there's no fans there, it's just so Padres to be doing this right now. But I'm enjoying every second of it. I don't care. I'm seeing the Padres win really for the first time in my life. And it's awesome. Yeah. Okay. Rule number one is you're not allowed to make me feel old anymore. You're not allowed to talk about how you were five years old. In the okay. That, that, that's, that's not allowed anymore. We'll just get that out, out in the open right now. I feel old enough as it is. I don't need, I actually remember the 84 playoffs as a child. So you're not allowed to make me feel old because, uh, you know, life in itself has beaten me, beaten me down and, and done a good job of that itself. Uh, let's, let's talk about this team. There's 29 and 17, won 18 of the last 23. They're three and a half games behind the, the, the evil Dodgers. Second best winning percentage in the, in the national. I mean, I can just keep going on and on about stats that are just um, amazing when, when we think about the San Diego Padres. I don't know. Are, are we ever going to wake up, Dominic? Is this, is, this, is this for real? 
I do think it is. It's a combination of both really good pitching and really good hitting. The Padres starting pitching staff has been phenomenal all year. The fact that Chris Paddock, who was one of the best pitchers in baseball last year and the Potters ace last year and coming into this year, he's the number five starter on the team. If you do put Gary Richards in front of him, which I think a lot of Potters fans do, that's incredible. He's probably one of the best five pitchers in all of baseball. And then not to mention the lineup is just so good. The fact that we actually have a hitting catcher now with Austin Nola and even the combination of Jason Castro, it's really revitalized this lineup. The fact that Jake Cronenworth or Will Myers are hitting in the bottom half of the order when they're both hitting above 300 and have an OPS over 900, it just shows how good this lineup is. It's not just one guy carrying it. You know, they do have the MVP, Fernando Tatis Jr., but it's just a really well-balanced team. The bullpen is really starting to kick it into second gear ever since the Padres were swept in Arizona, which, of course, they were because I'm out here. They've lost nine straight games at Chase Field, all of which I was in Arizona for. So maybe I'm just bad luck. But ever since then, the Padres have been unbelievable. And they're all doing it without Tommy Pham, too, which one could mean that it was Tommy Pham. I don't really think it was. That's just absurd to think. But ever since he went down, the Padres lineup has been elite, and the team has been playing phenomenal baseball. Yeah. I mean, the fam factor is is present in the locker room and doesn't necessarily need to be out on the field and in the lineup. I think the the just the fact the way he carries himself in the locker room and the, and the poise and the confidence and the demand that his teammates have accountability is is is, is exactly why the Padres brought him in. I mean, he's never played for a team that's finished under 500, I believe, or, or something some ridiculous stat like that. I mean, he plays for winners. He demands his team to to go out and perform and, and win, and, and it's showing in this team. I mean, it, it's the fact that this team it never feels out of the game. I mean, I mean, seventeen of their twenty nine wins have been come from behind. Seven of those wins were in their last at bat. This is unreal confidence that the, the the team has, and that they've instilled in the fan base that at no point in the game is this team out of it, that they can have a, a huge inning. And, and, you know, Clevenger allows a, a big three-run home run to Arenado the other night, and, and they respond right away. It, it's, it's, it's magical, and, and it's, it's fun to watch. And uh, apropos that this is a 2020 season and the, the pandemic that we're living in and where fans just can't enjoy the best Padre team ever, uh, and this really looks like the best Padre team ever. It does, and I say this a lot on – my other podcast, The Devil's Talking Padres, which is also an EBT podcast. It's a podcast that I co-host with Bobby Murphy, another writer for East Village Times. If you haven't been listening to that, check it out. These two podcasts are going to be very different. This one's going to be more uh, centered around having a conversation with a national baseball writer or a Padres baseball writer or Padres employee. That one's just more based around uh, breaking down how the Padres performed. We've recapped every single Padres series with a podcast so we're producing over two podcasts a week there's one time where we recorded four podcasts in four days i was super exhausted after that but one thing i've been saying a lot on that podcast is that good teams respond when they allow runs because it's inevitable you're going to allow runs that's just how baseball works but the, what the really good teams do is they respond by scoring in the next half inning yes. and that's what we've seen the san diego padres do not along the past but in 2020, the Slam Diego Padres have been a totally different team from what we've experienced in the past. And they've been doing that a lot. And you mentioned that Clevenger game. Allow three in the first, 
They score five in the bottom half, and then five in the next half inning. And then at that point, it's 10-3. The game's over. The game's over. The, the way this team is pitched, the way this team's hit, that game's over, and it's the second inning. That's Seriously. something the Padres don't do often. No, and and they did the same thing in the next game uh, where Story hit a, hit a home run in the first. Kemp hit a big home run later in the game. They responded right afterwards the next half inning. I, I hate to say this, but that's an old Dodger adage. That's an old uh, way Tommy Lasorda used to, pre- used to preach. Uh, if, if the team would allow a crooked run, a crooked I- inning – they would have to respond right away because the game is about momentum. It's there's huge momentum shifts in the game as a manager, as a player, you need to recognize, recognize those and you need to stop them and, and respond. If, if the other team has a momentum shift on you and the Padres have done well in that regard, the little things about this team have improved. It's, it's pretty amazing to see this team play. Uh, it, it's, it's exciting, you know, taking that first game from the, the giants, uh, three big games with the Dodgers next week. Uh, we're very excited for this team. We could go on and on, but as as Don as Dominic uh, mentioned, uh, Bobby and he do a great job of breaking down stats and doing stuff like that. So if you're looking for more uh, along that line, check out Devil's Talk Padres. Quick note before we get going with our guest, Danny. Padres signed a young uh, Mexican right-hander today, Jose Luis Reyes, uh, six foot two hundred ninety pounds. Features a slider and a changeup, already hitting 88 to 92 on his velocity, on his fastball. The rich get richer. The, the Preller is still out there. Uh, Chris Kemp is still doing his hard work. This farm system is still top three in baseball. And and it's just it's it's just amazing that this pipeline of talent is is not diminished. This team should be good for 10 years, and 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 that's pretty amazing when you when you think about the the past uh Padres teams. Uh, Dominic, let's uh, let's probably bring on Danny. I, I don't know. You have anything else to say uh, before we get uh, before yeah. we get started, yeah. Danny? I do have one more thing to say. You mentioned how the Padres should be good for the next ten years, and I I hundred percent agree with the talent that they have right now on the Padres roster. That's also locked up for the next couple of years. They'll be good for then, and then they have reinforcements coming in the next couple of years with a number three farm system of baseball. We should be good for the next ten years. And I've been talking with a lot of friends who are Giants fans, and they've been begging me over the past couple of weeks, like, hey, man, we got a big four-game series with you guys. We're, we're on the edge of that playoff spot. Can, can you guys split with us? And I said, no, absolutely not. You guys had your decade. It's our time now. The Dodgers, they're going to be good for the rest of eternity, the way they scout, the way they play. It's our time. We don't need you getting in the way. So I'm going to politely say, no, I want to sweep you guys because you guys have caused way too much harm to us over your – phenomenal decade that you won three rings in so it's our time the Padres they they look like World Series contenders and they're gonna have to get through the Dodgers to get there but that, that's how you're gonna have to do it anyways no they're they're playing with no mercy and they're they're, they're gonna continue to win and and do so uh it's it's impressive just uh the only thing I'd like to say is I'd like I've seen the the I've seen about a much as much as I want to see out of Abraham Almonte I don't want to see him in the lineup I don't want to see him on the roster anymore Let's let's move on from uh, Almonte. That's that's what I'm gonna to close out here before we bring Danny on. We will be right back, folks. Uh, Mr. Danny Vietti of CBS Sports MLB uh, will be joining us. And we now welcome to the East Village Times podcast. We welcome in Danny Vietti, national baseball writer for CBS Sports. Danny, how are you doing? And welcome into the podcast. I'm doing well, guys. I'm trying to stay safe away from all the craziness from the California wildfires. 
pretty smoky outside, but I'm staying safe, family safe. That's all you could ask for at this point, I guess. It's great to hear. So we're bringing you on to talk about the San Diego Padres. You really made waves in the Padres community when you uh, you ran around in a diaper in front of the state capitol celebrating <laughs> the Padres, slam Diego, hitting a grand slam in four straight games. How did that idea come to mind, and what was that experience like for you? Yeah, it was a complete spur-of-the-moment idea. Uh, I definitely didn't plan it out. Definitely didn't think it would actually be happening at all. I, it was just I was visiting my parents, uh, right, who live about 10 minutes away from the Capitol building. I was sitting at home, and I'm thinking, there's no chance the Padres could hit another grand. So there's, there's absolutely no chance. And the last team that did it three straight games was like the, the Cleveland Spiders in the late 1800s, early 1900s or something crazy like that. So I'm like, there's no possible way they're going to hit another grand slam. Sure enough, Vera Cosmer, Kablam. And I think my first reaction was just utter disbelief. I dropped my phone. I was holding my phone. And I dropped it. I just couldn't believe what I just saw. I, I just, it's been what, three weeks since it's happened a month almost. I'm still, I still can't believe it, but I guess that's what you get for um, not believing in the Padres this year because they're proving everybody wrong at this point. Yeah, they 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 are a fun team. That is for sure. They're, they're, I mean, it's just the uh, the energy that they bring, the emotion that they bring to the game. I think it's contagious, and I think a lot of the fan base and a lot of just national media writers, baseball fans in general, are just falling in love with this team. It's it's awesome. Danny, you write some pieces called "What We Learned." That's that seems to be your, kind of your trademark type of thing. What have we learned about this year's 2020 San Diego Padres? We've learned not to count them out. We've learned they're a whole lot of fun, just like you just mentioned. I predicted they would make a huge step forward this year. I think we all kind of knew because they were having these new prospects and they made some good acquisitions. I thought their bullpen was really going to be their strong suit this year. Yes. It hasn't been that way so far. It's looked better in in recent days. Emilio Pagan coming back last night looked really good. So hopefully that can improve. I think we just kind of learned that youth and, and age is only a number because I don't think anybody expected Fernando Tatis Jr. to be an MVP candidate at 21 years old. Last year, Ronald Acuna, 21 years old, he was an MVP candidate. I just, I, and Juan Soto is another guy. I keep dropping names here, but um, I think just the youth has taken over this game. It's not just the Padres. It's really all across Major League Baseball. I think we're getting used to these kids that are under 25 years old can barely buy a beer down the street and they're taking over the game of baseball, which is just not something we've seen. We've seen a lot of different franchises try and give their players a lot of extra time because they're too afraid to pull them up to that next level. They're too afraid to kind of see what they do on the big league stage because that's when push comes to shove. And if they don't shove, it ends up being a bust and then it comes down on the franchise and front office. So I think just one thing we've seen from the Padres is that they're young, they're hungry, and they have five to six, if not more years of uh, potentially being contenders. And there's not too many other teams in baseball that can say that. You made an excellent point about the way, you know, baseball is ever evolving in the, in the older way of thinking used to be, you know, they needed, 500, 1,000 at-bats in the minor leagues, you know, we're ready till you're 23, 24, you know, you're not going to hit your pinnacle till you're 27 or whatever. You know, that used to be old mentality of, of thinking about this game. And it's refreshing that they're allowing 20, 21-year-old kids to come up there and go against the best pitching in the world and, and face that and be able to adjust to that and, and make their adjustments that way rather than trying to adjust against the quad A players who are, who are never even going to make the major leagues. It's, it's, it's fascinating. It's, 
you know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of an old school baseball mentality. I'm an older, I'm an older guy. I'm in my forties. So, you know, I have a, I've seen the sport evolve so many different ways. And uh, I wanted to ask you about the mic'd up session. I guess it was last Saturday on Fox, Fernando Tatis and being interviewed while playing shortstop is something that 10 years ago would have drove me up a wall. I would have been like just absolutely appalled by it, but the games, you know, it's, it's changed. It's about having fun. It's about fan interaction. And I understand that. I understand. And I I welcome that, but you know, I I saw you rant a little bit about it and you had a kind of an old school feeling about it. Uh, You know, obviously Tatis agreed to to do that, but it's still something that kind of irks me a little bit. I'd love to hear a little bit about what you feel. Uh, I know that uh, Mr. Stern here, young Dominic has a different opinion than we do. So let's talk about that a little bit. What what was your immediate reaction when you saw that? Yeah. So my initial reaction was, Oh, this is great. We're getting to see, we're getting more access to the players. But then I saw it actually come to fruition and I saw, I saw a lack of focus and not to the fault of the player. And that to me yeah. is, is my issue with it. And, and here's a, I'm pretty progressive. A lot of people describe me as a progressive thinker when it comes to baseball. I'm for a lot of these new rules. I really love the extra innings rule. I love the universal DH. Um, I, I'm even for condensing games a little bit too, which some people disagree with me on. So I'm actually very progressive. However, and I'm all for miking up players, but I don't want players being distracted while they're at work. That's what it comes down to for me. So when I saw a guy like Fernando Tatis Jr., and he, he wasn't going to make that play. There was a base hit up the middle, and that's kind of what I tweeted about and, and kind of highlighted. But he wasn't going to make that play if he didn't have a microphone. But he's still getting a ball in from the outfield. Um, he's still talking to his infielder. There's a guy in first base. He's talking to his infielder saying who's got the bag. They're, they're communicating to one another who has the bag if that runner decides to try and steal. That's all part of it. The shortstop is involved in every single play. That's why he's the leader of the infield, if not the entire defense. So to me, I just didn't like them having, if you want to mic him up, that's totally fine. Put a mic on him and let's hear the genuine sounds of the game. What I don't want to have happen is I don't want questions being thrown in this guy's ear while he's also trying to make a play because that is tough to do. You're asking this guy to multitask and try and contend for a playoff spot, if not world series championship. And, so. and they're asking about the, the, the best hair on the team. I mean, who, who, exactly. like, was yeah. that something that, do you really want to talk about that when he's, he's in the middle of a, a, a important game? I mean, the A's were a, a playoff contending team. This, this is an important win. You know, I, I I'm, I'm with you. I, I want more access. I want to hear the sounds of the game, but that wasn't the sounds of the game. That's something that could be done in the locker room outside the locker room can be done by any fan. I mean, that's, it is what it is, but let's, let's hear Dominic because Dominic uh, loved the interview and loved the interaction. Yeah. I mean, part of the reason the MLB is falling behind the NBA and the NFL is because it's not marketing against players. And one way for it to do it is to be able to fans are watching these nationally televised games you're seeing inside the mind of the players. And so them being asked questions by the broadcaster, like, hey, what's your mindset on this? What's your mindset on that? Like, what are you thinking here? That's something that the fans don't ever get. And for me, you you mentioned the question about the hair. That's stupid. They didn't need to add that. Like, (laughs) that's the job of the social media department and, like, to post fun stuff to give them personality. But at this point, we're trying to get inside their head and learn, hey, what makes – Fernando Tatis Jr., Fernando Tatis Jr. on the baseball field. And him talking about 
how he's going to, you know, shade the middle here or shade pull side, something like that. And then hearing him like talk to his teammates, that's something that we never got before then. And so I absolutely love it. I totally get with the other side of this. Like it's, it's personal preference for me, but I, I loved hearing Fernando Tatis Jr. And also hearing Mark Canna, uh, he didn't say anything at the plate, but just hearing their mindset while they're on the field, while they're doing their job was just awesome for me because I played in high school. I obviously wasn't as good as any of these guys. So to hear them like explain why they're different than everyone else was just perfect for me as a fan. I liked Canna's. I did. And let me go back to Canna because I think that's a really good example. I liked listening to Canna because it was genuine. Uh, he didn't have a guy in his ear while he was trying to do his work. And it was just, like I said, it was just the real sounds of the game. It was what he was actually doing. I'm all for it. If you want to stick a mic on Tati, but the problem was, is that they stuck a mic on Tati's and we didn't get to hear where he was shifting in the infield. We didn't get to hear him telling who has the bag, how many outs or whatever. That was, again, I know I'm kind of talking in circles here, but uh, that was, that was my issue with it. Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, it's all personal preference for everyone. Everyone watches the game differently. And if you don't like it, then you can listen to the radio broadcast. Now, I think it would be really cool to take us to the next step and start doing these on the, the home broadcast, so like Fox Sports San Diego, and like maybe having a discussion with uh, Don and Mud and having Fernando Tatis Jr. I feel like that would be cool and enhancing the experience for us Padres fans, getting to hear our Padres players in that aspect too. What do you think about that? I think it's great, but it just kind of goes back to my previous point where like you mentioned you brought up NBA and how – great of a job they do with their mic'd up stuff. At the same time, they're never sticking a mic on a guy during an actual game and asking questions. So to me, if we want to have Don and Mud ask questions or whatever, that's fine, but do it either in between innings. Do it with a guy that's not playing, maybe the starting pitcher from the previous game. It could even be the starting pitcher from that current game if he agrees to it. You can definitely get some good insight there. But to me, I think a lot of the great stuff that the NBA produces from their mic'd up content in the NFL as well. They're mic'd up. They, they do a great job with NFL films. It's because they stick a microphone on, on them and it, whatever comes out of it, they create, but they're not, they're not trying to tear stuff away. They're not trying to grab words out of them out there. They're forcing it too much. In my opinion, these major league baseball broadcasts, whereas if great content comes up, which it probably will, these guys are great personalities. Um, they're involved. There's one of some of the best dudes in the game. Um, they're going to create content, but don't force it out and just let it happen. Yeah, I definitely agree with you on that aspect. You know, baseball is a, it has a lot of purists in it. A lot of people that are slowly coming over to the bat flips and to things like that. And you can't, you can't shock these older gentlemen with, with too much outrageous stuff. They're going to just completely shun the game. So it has to be slow. And and, and then baseball's done a good job and, and it certainly has progressed over the last 10, 15, 20 years. I mean, I can remember watching the, the game as a kid and you know, it's, it's a different mentality and, and that's, and that's fine. That that's, it's catering to everyone and making it more fan friendly and making it, more of a, a world sport, if you will, because and that's the ultimate goal is to make other countries be, you know, love the game and 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 be able to perform at a high level. So it's tough, though. You know, I still go back to the guy's doing his job, and you know, I thank God they didn't talk to Canna while he was actually hitting, because that would have really drove me crazy. And thank God, I think it was only a three or four pitch at bat. Imagine if he had a eight ten pitch at bat, it, it would have just it would have just been uncomfortable and, and, and awkward. But 
I, I don't know. Anything else on this Tati subject or on the mic'd up subject? I think Fox is definitely has more in store for us during the playoffs and, and such. They, they're progressive in that, in that nature as far as uh, doing things out of the box, if you will. Uh, just to me, I just think they need to do a better job of listening to what fans actually want. Like, for example, adding the artificial fans like that looks like a video game. And I, I just don't, I don't think it's necessary personally. And I don't mean to just uh, come down on these Fox broadcasts. I think they, they have a lot of really good broadcasters. I think their team does a nice job. I just think that Major League Baseball as a whole, Fox, ESPN, all these national broadcasts, they need to do a better job at understanding what we actually want because they're getting close, but there's a lot more work to be done. Yeah. So let's, let's move back towards the Padres conversation on the field. So the Padres right now, it seems like they're going to be the four seed could still possibly catch the Dodgers and the talk amongst Padres fans is can we beat the Dodgers in a five game series? But to me, the more important question is you have to be able to get to the Dodgers and you have to be able to win that three game series in the wildcard round. And the Padres being the four seed, they're going to have to play the five seed. Which team that could possibly be a five seed would pose the biggest challenge to the Padres, in your opinion? Well, right now you're looking at the Cardinals are right in there. Um, the Cardinals could be tough just because they're kind of – they're just your ultimate veteran team that just – they'll never beat themselves. They're one of the best defensive teams in the league. They're always up in the top ranks and defensive runs saved. Their offense is – sometimes a little iffy. I definitely would not fear the Marlins if they happen to jump into that two seed. The Phillies are the other team in that NL East division. I think they're a little scary, but if Zach Wheeler, who was announced today, he has a finger issue, a fingernail issue, and they might not be able to save his fingernail. That's a huge loss for the Phillies. So if you're kind of comparing pitching staffs, you're going to give the leg up to the Padres if the Phillies don't have Zach Wheeler. If they do have Zach Wheeler, you have Denelson Lamette and Mike Clevenger going against Aaron Nola and Zach Wheeler. That's a flip of the coin to me. Uh, I think it would be a really good matchup. I think the Phillies, really that series could go either way. I think home field advantage could really help if they allow it. Right now they're discussing have a, having a bubble after that first round. So if somebody could get home field advantage, I think that could certainly help. Um, but I, I personally think anybody right now, that when we're talking about the Cardinals, um, the Cardinals, the Phillies, they could definitely pose a threat. I think the Padres do have a leg up on the Cardinals when you're talking about depth and pitching staff, but um, you know, it's the playoffs. Anything can happen. Yeah. I think the the Cardinals would be fitting for the Padres since that's the team that eliminated in the last two teams. They made the playoffs. It would be a kind of exercising some demons if they were able to get through them. And I think that would boost uh, their chance of, of going deep in, 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 in eating some cake as they're saying around here in San Diego. Let's let's talk a little bit about you uh, personally, Mr. Vietti. You pitched a little bit in college for William Jessup University. I'm interested in hearing about that. In uh, 2018, you had a pretty good year. I was looking at some stats. Uh, give us a little bit about that and how playing the game and, and experiencing a little bit of what these guys go through is, has helped you in writing and helped you in, in social media and helped you kind of advance in, in this industry, which is very tough to, to get your foot in. Yeah, it definitely can be tough. And I think playing definitely gave me a little bit of just perspective. And I feel like that kind of makes me a little bit more unique and kind of sets me apart at times because I try and see both sides of it. I try and be the analytical guy with the writer's perspective. And then I also try and see the player's perspective. So first I went to University of San Francisco, 
pitched terribly. It kind of humbled me. And then I ended up going to William Jessup, made a lot of really good connections. My head coach is now the pitching coordinator for the Milwaukee Brewers, Jay McKinley. So I got to create some really good networking opportunities. That's a really good conference that William Jessup is in and a GSAC conference. Danny, I is often just forgotten really, but they really have some really good players coming out of there. You get some D one dropbacks that uh, maybe didn't work out grade wise, maybe didn't work out um, culture wise. So you really have a lot of good talent in the NAI and you got, you get guys uh, playing guys drafted out of that NAI level every single year. So it was really good for me. And it also allowed for me because I was working at max preps, which as a part-time employee while playing, uh, which is right down the road, the max preps headquarters in Eldorado Hills, it's right down the road from William Chesapeake university. So I allowed me to do both. And of course, if anybody doesn't know CBS sports owns max Preps, So it kind of gave me that foot in the door and, and allowed me to start writing and, and kind of build some connections and kind of lead my way to where I am. It's all about networking for sure. And it's, it's, I'm sure it's refreshing for the players to talk to you because you kind of have an idea of what they're going through. You know, it, it can't be exact, of course, uh, you know, but you have an idea of a player's perspective and they're willing to open up a little more to you, I would imagine, being that you, you, you play the game. You, you, you know the, the, the highs and lows of the game, right? Relatability is half the battle. It really is because if you're so far left and whoever you're talking to, you're trying to do an interview or whatever it may be, and they're so far on the other side, it's just hard to connect. You're not going to open them up. You're not going to connect on any level. So yeah, relatability is huge. Um, at the same time, I think just getting your facts straight too. you, you build your respect. So even if you aren't a player, you know, you're an analytical guy, you just understand the game. You build your respect really quickly with how you deal with people, how you just communicate with them. So having perspective is huge and being able to have some type of a playing background is important. But at the same time, I think it's just how you, you know, collaborate with other people and whether you build respect or not. Yeah, this is also kind of a personal question, but it also relates to the MLB this year. So your pin tweet is you predicting the 2021 World Series is going to be the Padres versus the White Sox. How strongly do you stand that that's still going to happen? And would you even be surprised if that ends up being the 2020 World Series matchup? Yeah, I, I keep telling people because people keep bringing that up to me. It, maybe I'm a year too early and I keep saying maybe COVID just messed up my timing. That's going to be my excuse that I lean on. If, if, if it works out this year, it's COVID's fault. It's not mine at all. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised at this point. You're talking about the White Sox who lead the American league in home runs, one of the best offenses in the league and in the Padres too. We talked about them already. One of the best offenses and you got Lament, you got Clevenger, they, their bullpens looking better and better every single day. They have depth. Osmer may be coming back pretty uh, in a couple of weeks too. And Tommy Pham was taking batting practice last night. So he could be coming back. That's going to add even more depth to their outfield. So I wouldn't be surprised at this point. I'm definitely not going to count either team out just because they have so much young talent. And the reason I picked 2021 is because I didn't think they'd be able to tap into that talent until a year of experience and just kind of getting their feet wet. Uh, but right now in such a unique season, that is this 2020 year, um, I wouldn't be surprised at anything, especially there's no real dominant team this year. You're, there's not one team out there other than the Dodgers. The Dodgers have really kind of been head and shoulders above everyone. Other than them, there really isn't a team, especially in the American League, that you look at and say, give them, give them the chip now. They're going to be in the World Series. Uh, there's really no one. The Rays had the best. Rays and A's have the two best records in the American League. Both those teams are beatable. So I definitely give the White Sox a better chance to get into that 
World Series this year just because competitively the American League isn't quite where the National League is because um, the Dodgers are really just they're, – they're deeper than any team in the league right now. Don't sleep on Zach Davies. Uh, I know you mentioned LeMet and Clevenger. They're the two really elite pitchers, but Zach Davies is right there with them, 2.48 ERA on the year. That's among the league best. Uh, the kid just knows how to pitch. The guy stands at like five foot ten, doesn't throw by eighty nine miles an hour, just hits his spots. See, and it's funny you mentioned Zach Davies because when they made that trade, I wasn't sure how I felt about it because I really liked Arias. I thought he had a chance to really become a good player, uh, but then I kept looking at Zach Davies and I kept looking at his numbers and I just watched him pitch. The guy's just a pro. He's been overlooked his entire life. He's picked in like the 26th round of the MLB draft. He's a small guy, doesn't throw hard, but he just knows how to pitch. And he's the type of guy you want on your team. He has postseason experience. He's the type of guy you want out there in a postseason game. Yeah, you definitely do. I mean, the other night I saw him throw four, five, six changeups in a row to, to hitters, and they were completely baffled. <laughs> and, and that's rare to not only have the confidence to do that, and, and but to be able to effectively – just get the pitch over and, and be able to fool these hitters and, and, and do so repeatedly. And it, he's very impressive. And I think that works well for the, the young hard throwers on the staff. Uh, you know, the Mackenzie Gores, the Patinos that, that throw 98, they see this guy succeeding, throwing 10 miles per hour slower. And they're like, okay, well, what is he doing that I need to do to, to take my game into the next level? And sometimes it's just simply taking a little bit off and, and letting the hitter get themselves out. And it's, 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 I mean, you're, you're, you're a pitcher, you know, how you know, how it goes. It's, it's an art form and pitching is, is exactly that. You're not up there throwing you. You're up there just trying to get effective outs. And, and uh, Davies is, is wonderful to watch. He really is. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the nail on the head there. I think Chris Paddock could learn a thing or two because Paddock's changeup yeah. has been fantastic this year. The problem is exactly. he's just not throwing it for strikes yet. And his fastball, his location hasn't been good. So I think that's really been his struggles this year. And I think him and uh, Zach Davies are actually more similar than people really think yes. they are because Paddock throws harder than Davies, but they both rely on that changeup. I think they could definitely learn a thing or two from each other, really. Exactly. If if Paddock would throw that, that that change on the same plane as his fastball, he would get so many more swings and misses, and 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 it's just a matter of adjusting. And and hopefully they get it. You know, it's it's they they got to where they are by being stubborn, and sometimes that's a hindrance to them. So it's it's rough. But we'll we'll have to wait and see how Paddock progresses. Thankfully, it was an ankle injury last night and not an arm injury. I think that was everyone's immediate uh, reaction when they saw the velocity dip. Uh, I know Dominic's a huge Paddock fan, so it, it was it was tough watching that. You know, everything seems to be working out in the, the Padres' way. I mean, injury-wise and everything, Hosmer's banged up. It looks like he should be back in time for playoffs if, if the team makes it. Um, Danny, let's talk, let's uh, change gears a little bit and talk about your work with CBS Sports. You do a lot of social media stuff with them. You, you're uh, into the social media aspect of, of the game. Um, I, I'd, I'd love to hear your favorite part of social media and your least favorite part of social media. That's a really good question. The more, the deeper I get into social media, it gets a little tougher just because the world we live in, especially with all the events that have been going on this year from COVID uh-huh. to the social unrest uh, and just everything in between, it's it's been a tough road to travel down this entire year. It's been tough because we've really had to 
and know what our standards are. We've really had to stay within the confines of what CBS sports is. So just from a personal perspective, I dip in the both pools. So um, I write articles for cbssports.com and then I also run our help run our social media accounts um, at CBS sports on Instagram, TikTok, and everything in between. So again, it's been uncharted territory for everybody, but I think most importantly, it's actually been a bit of a blessing in disguise. I know this has been, a test and trial for everybody, but it's really tapped into our creativity from a social media producer standpoint. We've had to <laughs> find every different which way to try and connect with our followers and try and find ways to entertain people really. And from a writing perspective too, we've really had to get creative. I give a whole lot of credit to anyone in the sports media industry that have gone through this year and still are here and still are finding ways to entertain people. Because I remember a time when people were waking up at 4, 3 a.m. and they were watching KBO. Uh, they were setting their alarms to watch Korean Baseball League, which is just crazy. Who would have thought we'd be doing that here in the United States? But that was just kind of the world we live in. And so, yeah, it, it's definitely been tough. I, I really love my job. The team I work with is absolutely incredible. Couldn't, couldn't have been more supporting, couldn't be more supportive of what I'm trying to do. And so, uh, yeah, it's a great team. And I personally think we're the best in the business, my personal unbiased opinion. My last question for you. I don't know if you've noticed that Trevor Rosenthal, who has only been a Padre for two weeks, he's been super communicative with Padres Twitter, and he's been finding ways to engage with them. And he's also just having fun. Do you think more players should be doing that? with their teams to try and one, build their brand and to make the fans feel more welcome to the team and feel like they're, they're not just sitting at home because they can't be in the stands this year. Yeah, that's a good question. To me, to each their own. Uh, I think it's kind of up to, because I don't want to force anybody to take on the social media world if they don't want to, because like I said, it can be a hard, hard place to be. There's no (laughs) doubt about it. But guys like Mike Trout and Bryce Harper, I think they've been, influence to be a little bit more progressive and be a little bit more tapped into that social media market. And so they're doing a better job, I think. For baseball to grow, I think it would certainly help. But again, I don't want to force anybody into it that that does, doesn't want to be there because we see interaction between Rosenthal and the fans. And I think it's great. But at the end of the day, if you're not performing on the field, it doesn't really matter. So I think it certainly helps. And again, to each their own. But uh, yeah, I, I think it's a good thing baseball is doing. Major League Baseball as a whole is doing better. For a couple of years there, they were having a lot of um, copyright issues between some of their content creators from Pitching Ninja to John Boy. They've eased those restrictions and they've loosened the, the reins a little bit, which is good because at the end of the day, all these content creators, they're amazing and all they're trying to do is grow the game. So Major League Baseball is being more open to that. So as a whole, they're getting better, but still plenty of room to grow. Yeah. I think as a player, you definitely play by ear as far as being uh active in social media because there is a lot of defeat and there is a lot of failure in the game and fans can be rough. I mean, you, you're in Philadelphia and you go over four with four K's and you're active on social media. You're going to hear something and, and you got to have thick skin, but it, it, it's tough. You know, some fans go to the extra mile and, and go to the next level. And, you know, when personal stuff starts to happen, then it's tough. It, as, as a player, I can definitely understand how some don't want to be too active, but at the same time want to, please their fans and, and give them a little bit of, of, of insight into what they do on, on a daily basis. Danny, let's talk uh, last thing uh, about the San Diego Padres. Fernando Tatis is obviously the, the favorite player of, of most people, but 
who on this team do you enjoy watching? Uh, give maybe a couple shout outs to a couple of players who maybe ne- not necessarily get a lot of love right now. Yeah, that's a good question too. I, I love watching Hosmer do his business because the guy's just a leader on the field. He's got a world series ring. He's got plenty of postseason experience. I watch them in the dugout and I watch the way the players interact with Hosmer. They look at him in a different way that they look at other players. Uh, they look at Eric Hosmer to be that guy whenever a big situation happens. And it kind of reminds me of back in the 2016 world series when it was uh, Anthony Rizzo coming up to David Ross and saying, you know, I'm in a glass case of emotion. I don't know what to do right now. You need that guy. David Ross. It's not like he's this, he was this perennial all-star. He's just a guy that's been there before. And Hosmer is both. Hosmer has been a perennial all-star and he has the postseason experience. Um, so I love watching Hosmer go to work. He leads by example and by voice. He's just a he's just a presence in the clubhouse. How he handles reporters, how he handles the media, and how he goes about his business on the field. And I think Trent Grisham, is, too, has been a fantastic surprise. He's been a great outfielder for him. Um, he gets really good pitches to hit because he hits in front of most of the time he hits in front of Machado and Tatis. So he gets pitches to hit and he's taken advantage of it, which is all he could really ask for. Yeah, no, he's definitely. And and just the, the fact that he's played in every game this year for the team and provided a left-handed bat that they needed at the top of the order and, and, and at center field. And it's, it's refreshing to see that, all these moves that Preller's made are, are paying off. Uh, the 2015 was a little bit of a experiment, if you will, but this this season has has been wonderful to watch as a Padre fan, as as a fan of, of baseball, to see uh, just everyone embrace this team. And, and you know, this has been over 50 years. This team has just been kind of stagnant, and you know, there's the two years of success, but this seems long term, and it's really exciting for San Diego. And I think San Diego's really starting to understand that this is. Uh, this is going to be a good team for a, for, for a pretty good stretch, and uh, they should enjoy it. Danny, we, we want to thank you so much for coming on, man. It, it was really uh, awesome to talk to you. Uh, we'd love to talk some more, possibly uh, towards the playoffs and stuff, when we get a better idea of uh, who the Padres face, and, and we can talk uh, more about baseball, if you will, because uh, we are baseball junkies and definitely love uh, talking about the sport. Now, I love the San Diego fans. San Diego's where I went to college. I got my heart set in San Diego. So whenever you guys want to talk baseball, I'm here, man. Thank you guys for having me. Awesome. Thank you. Uh, Danny Vietti is at CBS Sports MLB. He writes some awesome articles, what we learn pieces. You got to check those out. Is uh, also does some social media for them. You can check out Danny at Danny Vietti. That's at Danny and last name V-I-E-T-T-I. Thank you again, Danny. Dominic, anything uh, with Danny before we, uh, before we let him go? No, thank you for coming on. Uh, it was good to have you back here helping revitalize the EVT podcast. It's been a while since we've recorded an episode for this. So thank you for being our first returning guest for this. Yeah, yeah. Anytime, guys. Thank you. Thanks, Danny. Have a great one. Uh, we will be back, folks, uh, after a short break. All right. And that was our conversation with Danny Vietti, MLB writer for CBS Sports MLB. James, it's awesome to hear these guys that are national baseball writers talk so highly of the San Diego Padres. It's been a long time since we've had writers do that. And to hear them just praise the Padres and talk about how they're one of the most enjoyable teams to watch in baseball, it proves that we're not insane for talking so highly of these guys and saying, like, we're one of the most fun teams in baseball. It's true. 
you know, when I did, when I do these podcasts, I always say it's important to get outsiders perspectives of the team. That's why I'll bring in a, a Jonathan Mayo or, or someone who really doesn't cover the Padres, doesn't cover the minor leaguers, but deep into the sport and, and, and can give a, a quality opinion of, of, of what this team is and, and what they, what they're doing. You know, we get jaded by hearing local media and local sport sports personalities just go on and on about this team. Uh, and as a as a fan and in trying to get this team to the next level, you want to know the weaknesses. You want to know the issues that need to be resolved. And it's it's awesome to hear Danny praise players like Eric Cosmer, you know, talking about him, talking about Grissom, and just getting an idea of, of, of what he believes in, in this team. I mean, the prediction he made for the White Sox Padres 2021 World Series uh, is looking pretty damn accurate and, and he made that prediction in, in August of 2019 so it's a good time to be a project fan that that is definitely for sure Mr. Stern most certainly and I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast the only really remember to have the team winning is me going to a baseball game in the playoffs and I don't remember anything from the game so I'll be getting the the first taste of the Padres winning uh with the winning comes the hardship there's there's been some uh some negativity on Twitter. You'll find guys, you know, finding way, finding the smallest ways to to bash the Padres. But that just comes with winning, and it's part of it. You know, there, there's always uh, two sides to the argument, and it's we're relishing in the Slim Diego Padres and just winning and having a good offense. Something we don't get very often here. Above just the winning, it's the entertainment factor that this team brings. You're going to get your money's worth. Well, unfortunately, we're not able to pay any money to see them at the at the stadium but you're you're going to get your money's worth you, they're going to entertain you that you're going to feel like you you're they're in the game the pitching's going to be quality they're going to do the little things uh, which before were annoying watching this team make just simple mistakes that would just compound into huge mistakes and and turn into losses and it's refreshing to see this franchise grow and 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 just become a relevant team in Major League Baseball. I think Danny was an awesome first guest for our first uh, revitalized show. Uh, we should have a couple of uh, guys or uh, have a couple of guys on uh, on tap for the coming weeks. Uh, definitely keep us uh, in your podcast repertoire. Dominic, anything else before we head out of here? I'm I'm, I'm pleased with uh, with what we did with Danny. I think that uh, we'll have a, another talk with him soon, uh, probably uh, as the playoffs start. Uh, I just kind of want to plug myself and feel like I'm still kind of untapped in uh, the Padres world. I don't, I don't tweet too much about the Padres to try and keep it uh, general in the sports world, but uh, follow me on Twitter at DMstern19. I do post those Devils Talking Padres podcasts. That's where you can find them exclusively at the moment. We're looking into getting them onto the East Village Times website, but Bobby and I, we put out good work. Everyone on our East Village Times team, puts out good work. We're continuing to do so going forward into the playoffs. Hopefully we make it out of that first three game series and we get to see extended Padres baseball into the playoffs this year. Yeah, definitely. Just check out the website. Uh, we've been around for uh, five, six years covering the team. Uh, we, we try to do uh, quality work. Uh, always, always looking for, for feedback, questions, comics, whether they're good or bad. We're willing to learn. We're willing to get better. Uh, definitely uh, give us a, a follow on Twitter. Uh, the website uh, is EVT underscore news. The podcast is at EVT podcast. 
Uh, I'm at EVT underscore J Clark and Dominic is at uh, DM Stern 19. Uh, We are the East Village Times podcast. Thank you for your time.